Welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Every week we discuss a movie and then one of us suggests the next movie for us to watch and discuss. All the movies are available for the major streaming services so that you can participate with us. I'm your host, Dylan Maxfield. I'm joined this time by Alicia Walker. Hello. Christine Deacon. Hello. And Nathan McKinney. Hi there. And today's suggestion comes from Christine. It is Atlantic City, which IMDb says is in a corrupt town, a small-time gangster and the estranged wife of a pot dealer find themselves thrown together in an escapade of love, money, drugs, and danger. Um, I love these one-sentence IMDb synopsis. <laughs> They're always so helpful. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully if you're doing the show the way we intended, you've watched the movie and you know what it's about. Uh, so first, we're going to talk about what we've been watching lately. Um, I am going to go first today. I wanted to talk about um, an outstanding series and a really, really good series that I watched this week. Uh, I didn't feel like it was fair to <laughs> to pick one and not talk about the other or potentially forget um, my experience with either of them. Uh, the somewhat lesser of the two is a docu-series called Wormwood, uh, which is an Errol Morris documentary that's on uh, Netflix. And Wormwood is another one of those titles that you'll never remember. And especially when I tell you what it's about, it won't make any sense. Um, it doesn't make sense until the very last scene of the docuseries, why it's called that. Um, but it's, it's about um, the man who was supposedly uh, died after a experimental acid trip uh, that he took for the government that was part of the MK Ultra program. Um, it's a fairly famous case, uh, 1953, um, a man supposedly jumps out of a, a hotel in New York and dies. Um, they call it a suicide in 1953. The government turns around in 1975 and says, well, no, actually... We gave him LSD, he had a bad trip, and he jumped out the window. The docuseries follows his son trying to piece together what actually happened because they start to learn that that new story, the 75 story, is a cover-up and that the real reason behind all of it is much darker and much more um, complex. And so it's a very fascinating series, um, six episodes, Errol Morris, hard to, hard to pass that up. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the other series that I wanted to talk about was something that's been out for a while that I don't feel like anybody's talked about, and I, I don't understand why, because it's one of the best TV series I've ever seen. Um, it's called Giri Haji, which means duty, shame. Uh, it's also on Netflix. Um, it is uh, about a, a Japanese detective whose brother supposedly kills someone in Japan. And then there's evidence to suggest that he also killed a Yakuza boss in London. And so the Yakuza... The Japanese police, 
um, and the British police are all looking for this brother, and they the Japanese send the detective brother to try and find him uh, on on the down low. He's not he's not there in an official capacity as a detective, so they find an excuse for him to be there and he goes searching for his brother. Um, forgive me. I don't remember much of any of the names cause they were all new faces to me, except for Kelly McDonald. Um, who's the lead or, you know, the female lead of the, of the show. Um, really, I don't have much negative to say about it. There was a point where, um, it did one of the things I don't like, uh, in, in media and storytelling where it suddenly jumps way back in time, like right as an action scene's about to start, it jumps way back in time and then spends like 30 minutes getting you back to that action scene. But that became more of a, uh, more of a stylistic thing that they were doing pretty consistently after that. And so, you got a, it was a really kind of interesting way to tell a story where in order to understand what's about to happen, you now need to know this information. And if they had presented it all chronologically, it would be less of a surprise or, you know, you would know, obviously this is how this is going to turn out. But instead you get exposition sort of sprinkled through the series as it goes. Um, I think there will be people that are disappointed by the ending. I certainly was not. Um, it reminds me a lot of um, Takashi Miike's work. It's not quite as insane as that, but if Takashi Miike made um, a really strong crime drama um, that was, you know, eight or whatever episodes long, it it would. I, f- I feel like it'd be something like this. Um, so. Those were mine. Um, I just I had two of them, and they were too good to not bring up. So, uh, so that's what I've been up to lately. I've seen Wormwood. It's really good. Yeah, yeah I've seen it too. It came out a few years ago, if I remember right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think both of them came out in 2019. Okay. Um, or it might have Wormwood might have even been older. It might be like 2015. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that was me, um, Alicia. How about you? Uh, well, I've kind of been uh, working my way through some Marvel movies, but I one thing that I watched uh, as a series that we actually uh, finished up this week was season two of Lupin on Netflix. Uh, yeah. So French series, super short, really quick, um, only five episodes a season. Uh, season one we thought was good. It's just kind of a little mini adventure in every episode, although it's... it's um, it's progressing a major plot also just has their own little things happening in it so it's kind of nice and you know each episode kind of has a you know a reveal a disguise a a plan that comes to fruition something that happens that you get some satisfaction at the end for Mm -hmm. people being able to pull off things so uh, it's modeled after a character uh, in french literature named uh, arsene lupin and it's a French series, and uh, season two I thought was good. I mean, we kind of already knew the 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 kitsch of it and how it worked from season one, so it wasn't really any big surprises. But it's entertaining and fun and short, and you know sometimes those are kind of nice things you want to watch in the summer. So we've been enjoying Lupin. 
Yeah, that has like 30 minute long episodes or something. Yeah, I, they might be an hour, but they go really fast. And the fact that there's only five per season, I mean, you're done mm. with it in no time, really. Okay. And they've got a lot of, you know, stuff shot on location in Paris. So especially when the first season came out, when we were still kind of in lockdown with COVID, uh, it was kind of nice to see some foreign places since nobody was getting to travel. So it was good. Yeah, all the stuff I've been watching on Acorn has led the Amazon algorithm to try and and sway me to watch that for a while. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nathan, how about you? Well, so uh, we we picked up another Burt Lancaster movie in addition to Atlantic City to watch this week. Um, this was not my choice to watch. We kind of take turns on watching movies, and so I won't claim the pick of this one, but um, this was Field of Dreams, so it's another old man Burt Lancaster movie. Um, yeah. I, You know... We had recently just watched uh, Bull Durham, so another Kevin Costner joint. Uh, it was like a baseball joint. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon situation we were having with everything. Yeah, so we working just, your way up to Prince of Thieves. Sure. You know, I I want to say I Field of Dreams is really great because I know we're supposed to really love that movie. I, I kind of struggle with it a little bit. I, I it's it's fine. I I kind of feel like it would have been a better like hour long mini movie or something. Cause it's, it's, it's drags itself out and really thinks itself important the whole mm-hmm. way through it. The music's really good. The casting's fantastic. It's kind of fun to see Ray Liotta really young and pretty much just being Ray Liotta. Cause that's all he does. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Kevin Costner's, I mean, the cast is good. I mean, it's just, I, I think it could have been a lot shorter, but, um, I think it's worth checking out if you've never seen it before. Um, that's kind of my thought about and it. And if yeah. you come from a family that really romanticizes baseball, then it's yeah. a great movie. The way I, I, remember, say I think Bull Durham was better. Yeah, it was. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember that movie kind of just being a uh, uh, take your dad to see this movie. Um, yeah. Not, not anything really above and beyond that. Um, like, it's fine, um, but it's, yeah. not, it's not the greatest movie ever made sort yeah. of thing. So. Christine, how about you? So I have been watching a show called Strange Angel. Uh, it's about a guy named Jack Parsons who uh, founded or co-founded uh, Jet Propulsion uh, Laboratories. And he was a rocket scientist, but he was also a member of the occult. Okay. Uh, and it has been really fascinating. I'm sorry, my cat is trying to knock my <laughs> microphone over right now. What was um, the name of it again? It's called Strange Angel. Okay. Um, it was a CBS All Access show, and so now it's on Paramount Plus. Uh, had two seasons. Um, right now I'm like near the end of season two, and it's been really fascinating to watch because uh, they play up the occultism. Uh, and make it into like these sci-fi scenes. Hmm. Um, stop it, David. Um, <laughs> as you can see, cat is really in there. No, don't step on the. Sorry, one second. <laughs> All this is staying in, right? <laughs> Technical difficulty. Okay. Uh, so I, uh, but it's been really fascinating to watch. Uh, just the 
different scope between uh, rocket science and occultism, and he really felt like he was manifesting his own destiny through occultism and getting uh, JPL into motion. Yeah, that sounds like a strange combination, but uh, that yeah. makes... And yeah, he was a real person that that did all of that, so fascinating. Yeah, Howard Hughes was a real person too, you know. Yeah, crazy stuff. <laughs> well, right on. Um, so the movie uh, that we're discussing this week is Atlantic City. Um, I hadn't seen it before. Had anyone else not seen it before? Not seen it? Yeah. Felicia I hadn't I, seen it? I think when I was a kid, I swear I saw parts of it on Cinemax or something and then turned the channel or something. I don't know. I, it looked familiar to me, but okay. I don't think I'd seen it in its entirety. I'm not even sure I, I was aware of its existence, to be honest. Oh, okay. So only Christine had seen it before. Okay. So, Nathan, how about you? What did you think of Atlantic City? <laughs> Uh, let me start this by saying I've got some lemons over here. I want to cut up and uh, <laughs> rub all over my body for you. Um, <laughs> I'm not old uh, enough to make that creepy. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to make it creepy. It was just creepy. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. It was not like my favorite movie in the world, but um, it was fun to see this particular cast do something that I didn't know they did. Um, I'm, I'm a, pretty big Susan Sarandon fan. Generally when she's in a movie, I pretty much go, yeah, I might check that out. So, um, and I, I really am just kind of getting on the Burt Lancaster train, to be honest with you. I recently watched, um, his old movie, the smell of success, I think is what it's called. Sweet, smell sweet of smell success. of success. Mm-hmm. Uh, really watched that for the first and second times in, in pretty quick, con- uh, succession. Cause I, I enjoyed it so much. I watched it again. It's just one of those fast dialogue type movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I you know I'm, I enjoyed the cast quite a bit. Um, I enjoyed kind of the looks at um, Atlantic City during that time period. Um, we recently watched uh, The King of Marvin Gardens, so that was maybe about filmed maybe five years right before this. And it's interesting just how 80s this one feels compared to that movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I you know I I think it's just a little bit of a creepy story mostly. Um, Bert <laughs> Lancaster's character is. A straight-up perv. I mean, he's a straight-up perv. I mean, and he looks her straight in the eye and said, I watched you through the window, and you did this exactly, and I, I'm going to describe it. And she reacted the way all women detail. do. And she's yes, like, that's exactly and she's how like, I just don't want to smell like fish, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the the characters of her ex-husband that come through and um, the, 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 the... Baby the, sister. The baby... Is, that's that, her sister. That's her mm-hmm. sister? Yeah. Oh, see, I, I missed the pregnant woman is her sister. I, I thought along he knocked that gal up. So well, he did, but it's her sister too. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> it's a now, <laughs> okay, maybe that's even higher creepiness. Okay, I'm I'm that's my opinion of it. I just think it's a little bit creepy, and there's better movies out there. But that's my opinion. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, Alicia, how about you? Uh, I liked it. I um. I like that Atlantic City is kind of its own character in the movie, which is really great, I think, in it. Um, I I love Burt Lancaster in this. I think that was 
the person to watch. And I think some things I really liked about him, because I've seen quite a few Burt Lancaster movies, is usually he is the person that is soft-spoken and has total control and is Mr. Smooth. And he is to a degree in this, but then you see something in this character that is not what I usually see in a Burt Lancaster movie, which is him kind of fulfilling this fantasy of really becoming the gangster that he kind of always wanted to be and wanted to to talk big like he was. Uh, And then when he actually shoots the guys at the end, he just becomes kind of giddy and delirious about it. And that's not a very stereotypical Burt Lancaster kind of thing to do. So that made it a little more interesting, although... Um, the creepiness factor is there. Uh, I mean, it's kind of weird because it's like he he really like uh, ha- it, that's part of his fantasy too. I mean, this woman, I think he kind of knows this this woman is not in his league, but it's his fantasy of when he was young and he would want to have a woman like this. And so, since he's looking at her through the window with the lemons, which I thought were for good skincare and not for the fish, but whatever, and uh, all that kind of <laughs> stuff, it's like he like pines for her and is like super turned on but at the same time it's like i think it's like he's thinking of his younger self and even though they sleep together which is a whole weird thing when that goes on but i think he's more like taking her under his wing and like helping her because he wants to see himself as the big boss who's like helping her and you know making her more maybe cultured and we don't really we see a hint that that might be where it was going to go but obviously it doesn't get that far um i i like she gets attacked and he doesn't protect her and then he gets the chance to redeem himself right right but you know then when they go out to eat and he's you know talking about things he knows and she's like teach me and you know all this kind of stuff so it looked like it might be almost like a teach me stuff teach me stuff like i'll sleep with you old man if you show me how to get get my make my way in the world in a more cultured state that i have not been educated in you know so it kind Mm -hmm. of seems like it's going to be that um and then you know, I, I like how it ended, though, and she leaves and he's fine with it. And you kind of see that coming a little bit, but I think that's where it needed to go. Um, so I thought he was great. I loved, you know, him talking to his friend who shines shoes and, and is the, the restroom attendant, basically, and chatting yeah, with tiny him. tiny Joe Biden. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, I also liked uh, when, you know, I he was very smooth, Burt Lancaster, when he is, you know, collecting uh, all the money for the bets for the day, uh, when he is sitting at the bar, when he goes um, to the poker room and he's selling the drugs, he's got that handle. Like, he knows exactly what to do, how to act, don't touch me, don't touch my jacket, you know, he's mm-hmm. and he's all business, so he's got it all together, but obviously because of a lack of courage or something in the past that wasn't enough to allow him to advance within the you know the organized system or whatever even though he's had a brush with greatness supposedly with all of these big gangsters in the past so he is Atlantic City I mean he is they're the same thing they're they're the kind of the same character they both had these glory days and supposedly are, are being born again like all these signs on Atlantic City that Atlantic City's coming back, everybody. Hey, we're we're demolishing the old and we're building the new. And I think that's essentially who Burt Lancaster is in this movie, too, or what he wants to be. So I yeah, really I liked all of that complexity of that, and I really like him. Um, other things were just okay in the movie, but I think, you know, that's the main focus. And, and 
he makes the performance good, but it is hard to get. I mean, I, we we cracked lemon jokes, I think, through the last half of the movie as things were <laughs> happening. So we were kind of doing a Cinemascus thing ourselves with the lemons kind of throughout. But but it was so it was hard to not think about that, too, sometimes. I think we failed to mention my favorite character, actually. I'm going to just touch back to that. My favorite character sure. is the little old lady he's taking care of with the picture of oh, herself yeah. as a younger woman mm-hmm. right above her head on, in bed. She's bedridden. And uh, she's just kind of by choice. She's just kind of makes the whole movie worth watching almost. Honestly. She's pretty fun. <laughs> she's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's all right. Um, I'm not unhappy that I watched it, um, but I'm not a huge fan of it either. Um, I felt the need a couple of times while you guys were talking to say the, uh, the Frank Zappa line, there's three things that smell like fish and one of them is fish. Um, but, uh, you know, beyond that, um, yeah, it starts off with this really pervy scene. Um, that's later supposed to be some kind of romantic gesture or, you know, he's being honest with her about how he felt. And she asks like, what were you doing while you were watching me? And you're like, please don't answer that. Um, But then she's like all into it. And I think she has kind of a similar uh, outlook about her life that he had as a young man where she wants to learn something so that she can better herself so that she can become somewhat important. And she's probably not ever going to get there um, is how I saw it. His thing is more that, uh, you know, he had a, he, he talked a big game, but didn't really have a reputation. The whole Las Vegas connection thing is, is bullshit that, Dave invents to, you know, try and win his trust over. Uh, so I think it, a lot of his motivation I feel like is so that he can go back to grace and say, I actually did something. I actually, I actually am this awesome person that I've always said I was. Um, and you know, he knows full well that Susan Sarandon's going to drop him. Like, he knows that like he has that conversation where she asks if that's a proposal when he's like, you know, I know I'm an old man, you know, you could get a younger man and all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah. And, and she probably will. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, like you guys mentioned, she's interested in learning some stuff. And so she'll attach herself to this guy and, and try and learn what she can. And then once it's, obvious that he's going to be, um, you know, arrested, obvious that he's under investigation for the murder. Uh, then she's like, nope, nope, can't do this. Um, and they have the whole back and forth scene where, you know, he offers to give her money and she won't let him cause he's, she's already stolen money out of his wallet. She doesn't want him to find out. But we as the audience know that he already knows. He watched her, you know, through the doors. And he's on the phone with Grace uh, while he's doing that. So it really feels to me like he kind of got what he wanted out of everything. 
Um, she got some money. So maybe she can go to France and start learning how to be a, a blackjack dealer in Group, France. Croupier or something, yeah. Whatever it is that she... I mean, I think she was learning blackjack mm-hmm. um, during the movie. And she eventually wants to go to Monte Carlo. And it's like, okay. Uh, yeah, even though they don't have uh, women in Monte Carlo that, that are dealers. So... Um, yeah, I uh, I was kind of kind of put off right from the start with the the hooker bath in the in the sink scene, <laughs> um, which uh, a friend of mine explained what a hooker bath was, and that's where I've I've kept that term. Um, so when you just clean your uh, pits, tits, and crotch, that's how she explained it. So that that's what we saw, but uh, you know, maybe lemon juice and your crotch aren't a good mix. Nope. Um, so <laughs> that was kind of my thought on it. Uh, not a classic, not not a great movie, um, but I was uh, I was entertained. It held my attention. Um, it was interesting. Probably won't run out and watch it again. Um, so uh, that leads me to ask, what the hell, Christine? Why did we watch Atlantic City? So I had only seen this a couple months ago. I was cleaning out my Amazon watch list, and I saw this movie, and I was like, I don't know what this movie is. I've never heard of this movie. How is this in my Amazon watch list? And so I, of course, mm-hmm. just watched it because I was like, I, Burt Lancaster, okay, great. I love Burt Lancaster. Uh, so I watched it and I was like, okay, something I never would have expected this movie to be. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I assume somebody I lived with at one point who had, when I had my Amazon on our TV, had put it on there. And I was like, okay, good. I'm glad I watched this movie. Uh, so that's why I picked it. And then uh, okay. a couple things <laughs> a couple things I noticed while watching it the second time uh, was that, one, the apartment situation, it doesn't make any sense how he could look out the window and see her through the window if they live next door oh, to each Hannah, other like that. Yeah, Hannah asked me, this, asked me about this as well. She was like, how does that work? And there are apartment layouts and hotel layouts where the room next door does look directly into the other room through a window like that. But it was so yeah, far and they away. kind of show that on the outside a little bit. But you're right. It's when you see where their doors are when they both go in their apartments, because I mentioned yeah. that to Nathan too. I'm like, look how close their doors are to get in exactly. the apartment. And then yeah. even if the windows are that close, which they very well could be, but how I mean, obviously, she thought someone was watching her. She said, "Well, who do you think it is, and what mm-hmm. are you doing, yeah. rubbing lemons over your boobs in front of the window that is facing yeah, the apartment?" Yeah, their windows would have been like that. that close to each other. But I don't think they... she. I don't think she was trying to hide that. I think yeah, that exhibitionism was part of. She was her loving it. She deal. had to be. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. There are certain types of buildings where they build 
columns of space, mainly so they can put windows in apartments, I think. Yeah. So that's probably what this is. Even though their doors are like six inches apart from each other, if you go in, there's going to be this space where right. like maybe six or so apartments or something kind of face this like, and it doesn't even go to the outside of the building. You won't see it from the outside of the building. It's just like a column that goes down to nothing. Yeah. There's and, a bunch of hotels like in Chicago and New York that are like that. Uh, where you yeah. can and your balconies on the other person's balcony essentially yeah also she was doing the same thing that she was doing with Burt Lancaster with uh her mentor at the casino mm -hmm. uh like she would let him like touch her and like move like her different ways whenever they were together just to learn everything she could from him yeah and at one point when they're dealing when she's dealing blackjack, she like even looks over at him and I made a note of this. Uh she goes, Can I lay a hard ten on a soft three? <laughs> and that was like the end of the scene. It cut to a different scene after she said that. Yeah. Like that <laughs> that was totally on purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh just for him. So there's like little things like that that I picked up the second time watching it. Uh uh, I just thought it'd be an interesting movie to show people who were Burt Lancaster and Susan Sarandon fans and just different sides of them. Definitely yeah. a different side of Susan Sarandon. <laughs> I do think it's it's kind of an interesting sandwich movie between like, when I say sandwich, it's sandwiched between like the 70s pastiche of like gritty, gritty character stories and more of like the Hollywoody hijinks that kind of got started in the eighties. There's, there's just a little tonal shift between those two. I kind of feel like so this is kind of like an interesting and I'm not sure it entirely works, but I, I feel like that's kind of like a good mix between those two tones. It found a lot, felt a lot like a stage play to me um, that they just adapted into the screen because there's so few locations and, you know, it's mostly talking and not action. Um, but uh you know, it's yeah, it, it it does have kind of a weird spot in history. Like Susan Sarandon had done Rocky Horror before this, and then she goes on to be, you know, a more famous movie star after this. But this is kind of an early, early role for her. Kind of an interesting Louis Mall movie, too, because a lot of his other, I mean, he does. America movies and French movies, but a lot of the other ones I have seen of his are not quite this style either. So that was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I'm up to suggest next, and I'm going to be suggesting a classic film, uh, the Audrey Hepburn leading Wait Until Dark, which is about a recently blinded woman who is terrorized by a trio of thugs while they search for a heroin stuffed doll they believe is in her apartment. Recently blind Audrey Hepburn, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for the discussion. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you on the next Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast.